Okay, so this podcast is produced in a house with animals. This means that cats, dogs, depending on the time of day, the occasional chicken. It's nighttime when I'm recording this, so chickens are very unlikely. I may have to yell at a possum, though, because he likes to come up outside the window and eat the leftover chicken treats. Anyway, we have animals. There's a teenager here somewhere. And so noises happen. This is your warning on that. The other warning is that... While we do not talk about anything explicit, we do swear a lot, and there are only two settings in most of the podcast apps and things, uh, clean or explicit, and since we really can't call it clean, it it has to be flagged explicit. I'm really sorry about that, but it's really more of a a PG-13 thing, and, uh, you know, the occasional presence of a teenager on it says that, you know, it's not R-rated or anything like that. So those are your two warnings. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 74. This week, uh, we got word that Ursula's stepfather had passed, and she is now in Oregon helping her mother navigate all of that. And so, uh, you know, our deepest condolences to her family, and uh, particularly her mom and her stepbrother. But uh, it, it really is an interesting study. I think in what sort of preparedness we need to have in terms of end of life, because it's not something we're comfortable discussing. We'll talk about it maybe in vague terms with like, you know, the, the lawyers or, you know, insurance professionals. Oh, Hey, do you have life insurance? You need to be prepared for, you know, in case something bad happens to you. And yeah, no, all of that is true and very accurate, but, in a lot of ways, we tend to shove that off, that that part of not only being prepared for, but helping the people who live with us to deal with it after we're gone. And so I'm not going to go on a big rant about that, just that if you have, you know, uh, like planners in your life, like not not physical planners, like we talk about here all the time, but... If you can talk to somebody like, you know, a financial planner or, you know, for God's sake, get a will. If you're creative, make sure all of your rights are properly assigned to whoever's going to get them because you don't want them to be stuck in limbo or worse, defaulting to, you know, maybe an unscrupulous publisher or they they just sit there and languish or disappear forever. Um, And Neil Gaiman has a big write-up on that because there have been a couple times when authors have died and with no will no understanding of who clearly owns the works that they had published, and it's it's a big mess. And I think it's also important to think about other things. I mean, for those of you who don't have children, maybe a little harder, you want to leave something to a partner or a sibling. And uh, certainly in in when I did my first will, I, I need to do a second one. Uh, you know, and Ursula needs to do her first. But when I did my first will, I didn't have children yet. My ex-wife didn't have children. So it was much more of, you know, make sure my sister and her sister and and that, you know, spreads out to the family and doesn't get stuck in, you know, interstate with the state of North Carolina or something like that. Now it's much clearer by law, Ursula would get it. My kids would get it. Things like that. And we we had caveats for when we have children, these are the things that need to be my, my ex-wife and I, obviously. Uh, but when we had children, these are the things we need to be aware of and how to take care of that. 
uh, because if you don't have that will, if you don't have some sort of a, a plan, then uh, it's really a great big mess for those of us who are left. Uh, so that's that's something that's been really foremost on my mind this past week, and it's you know it's it's sort of. Uh, one of those long-running, yes, we really need to do this, and here comes reinforcement about it and stuff like that. The other thing I want to talk about this week is we had to put The Hidden Almanac, our, our short fiction podcast, on hold because of all of this. And that one hurt, right? That one's a labor of love. Uh, I know a lot of the listeners here uh, listen to that as well and think it is just, you know, wonderful and it was really a hard decision on my part to say, all right, we need to put this on hold while all of this other stuff is dealt with. But considering that the principal writer on it is Ursula, it makes a lot of sense because uh, something had to give, right? And she has publishing obligations. She has family obligations and, you know, the one thing we could kind of say, all right, we're going to pause this for a couple weeks while we get everything else dealt with, and then we'll, we'll come back to it. Uh, it was, you know, it was almost a no brainer. Actually, I think we were both pretty pained about it because it was like, I'm like, you know, well, we need to have this many episodes prepped. And she just looks at me. She's like, I, I can't, we're going to have to do this. And I, I started to fight it and I thought, no, it, it's, it's important that she have the space to do what she needs to do, and the Hidden Almanac is sometimes very difficult, especially when she's across the country and all that sort of stuff. So uh, it it hurt a little bit to make that decision, but sometimes you have to do it, and it's one of those things that we're going to go back to. I realize there's a danger with that, uh, putting it on hiatus like that. I had at least one project I put on hiatus because we we're going to do a trip and then work got busy and, and stuff fell to the side. Well, I still don't have a job, so it should be easier to get back into the habit of producing that podcast every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And that's one of the things is it's a habit, right? Tomorrow is Thursday. Normally I would be recording the Friday episode and there's going to be an itch. I know there's going to be an itch there saying, hey, why are you not recording today? You need to be working on that hidden almanac. And I'm going to be like, dude, we're on break. And I think that's also a common thing for a lot of people who either have passion projects like hidden almanac, which is one of our passions, or a, a work thing they really care about, but they're not being allowed to work on is it is is getting at least some sort of. Uh, uh, acceptance? No, not acceptance. Uh, but sort of dealing with that, I really need to be working on this thing, but I can't work on this thing. And it impacts our, our productivity because we might be making great strides on the big thing we need to be doing, but we're still going to be sitting there itching going, I really want to be working on X. I really want to be working on X or Y. So, you know, that's something we're going to be coming back to. It was a hard decision and backburnering something like that, that you really care about for a while can be hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm making a promise right here that we're going to pick it up for those of you who listen to both podcasts, obviously, uh, in January at the very latest. So that's where I'm at. Uh, without Ursula here as my Wombat co-host to sort of stretch things out a little bit, we're going to call it 
and go right into the second half of our interview with Dino. I gotta say, I had so much fun talking to Dino. I think I've said that multiple times now. And uh, Dino has been very gracious and has offered an ebook version of his cookbook to give away. And I will tell you how you can get that cookbook uh, in ebook form after the interview. So, you know, we'll be right back with Dino. And then after that, some fun stuff. Well, that, um, wow, uh, that all bleeds into um, dealing with failure or what you do when you miss a goal. Um, so that, That's how I do Yeah, I was going to say, that's how you do it. We don't even have to do that question. Great. Um, uh, any other uh, advice? I know you said we were going to loop back to mise en place. Yes. Okay. So the thing with the mise en place is mm-hmm. that I feel like people are so intimidated by cooking that they think that they have to start at the recipe and do everything from start to finish. Mm -hmm. But what I want you to do is really read the recipe and realize when you have moments of like, you know, cooling your heels time. Yeah. So supposing that the recipe says like, start off with some uh, olive oil and -hmm. throw some garlic and onions in there. Right. Yep. So before you put the pot on the stove, you're going to start off with a pot of boiling water. Because chances are, it's going to ask you to add water to the pot, right? Right. So if you read the whole recipe from end to end, you'll see, okay, I'm going to need X amount of water. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to slow down the process by adding cold water. Let's just add boiling water, right? Right. But before that, you're also going to realize that the onions and garlic are going to have to park in that pot for a good 20 to 30 minutes to sweat properly. Like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. A lot of recipes say five minutes. That's not and that, reality. That, that doesn't get that. That doesn't get like the flavor or the texture yeah. or the color you want. Often. No, yeah. you want this recipe to taste good. So if you want to sweat the aromatics properly, you give it a good 30, 40 minutes, right? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. So while that 30, 40 minutes of aromatic sweating is happening, now you chop the rest of the vegetables and the ingredients that goes into the rest of the recipe. Right. And I'm also um, I'm also a clean as you go person. Yes. So this is this is the prime opportunity. Like um, after we've gotten like the aromatics are, are sweating and maybe we've got I've got five minutes and the vegetables are chopped. Now I'm going to wash the cutting board. Yeah. You know, and the counters and the counter and the knife and the floor. Yeah. Well, maybe not the floor. Um, well, it depends on how messy I am with a particular recipe. But you, you, yeah, I mean, that's the idea is, um, you know, if I'm going to use if I end up having to use three pots um, while I'm like after stage one is done and I'm in pot number two, I'm and, you know, whatever has to happen in pot number two, I'm cleaning pot number one. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because what's the point of having it sitting there in your sink for no reason? Right, until your sink is full and then you need to get water out and you can't because there's pots in the way. Right. Yeah. Right. I get so triggered when it's like, <laughs> um, oh, let's cook together. And I'm like, okay. So the first thing we're going to have to do is clear out the sink. The second thing we're going to have to do... Oh my god, we- somebody else who does it who isn't part of my bloodline. Um, Wait, <laughs> sorry. you... You do this? I can't cook. And this is something, I, I don't know if it's because of my mother or whatever, but my sister does it. My my cousin does it. We all have compared notes. We we think it's genetic or just something. But I can't cook I until I've cleaned the sink. Yeah. Right? And also the counters and possibly the floor. Uh, the, the, yeah. the floor is my own neurosis, but, like, <laughs> at least... The counters and the sinks. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, the sink. The sink has to be uh, the the dishes. If they're dirty dishes that can be in the dishwasher, they have to be in the dishwasher. They need to be hand washed. They need to be hand washed. But those sinks have to be ready because I'm going to need them. Yeah. And yeah. also, if um, you only have three pots, I'm going to need the goddamn dishwasher to run right the fuck now. I well. I have more space, so I have uh, a, a wide variety of pots, actually. So, but that's that's not the big thing, right? Also, I'm gonna bring my knives over because your knives are always dull. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Also, I'm gonna bring over a cutting board because your cutting board is this like bullshit, like five inch uh, squared garbage that should not exist. Oh, I I have I have multiple cutting boards because you don't want to cut meat on the. On the wood one, you want the lucite for that. And even then, sometimes I want the smaller lucite for something that isn't meat because it's, um, because I'm going to have to put so much force on it. I, it's, yeah, no. Also, glass cutting boards need to die in a fire. Wait, there are glass cutting boards. Who the? There are glass cutting boards. Why the fuck would you use a glass cutting board? Because Instagram. See that okay, that's plating, that's different. You cut on one surface and then you put it on the on the glass for display. No, you fuck up your knives in one surface and then Instagram the other surface. That's what happens, Kevin. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, see This is why I'm so bitter and I bring <laughs> my cutting boards and my knives to every cooking class that I've taught. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you goddamn have a cutting board that's like two inches squared, I'm gonna cut myself. Right. And not voluntarily. You know what I mean? Like, not what I do for funsies. I'm talking about, like, cutting myself (laughs) because the knife slipped. I'm done. Right. Right. And I mean... We're not doing this. That's... I mean, that's why I have, you know, nice, healthy... I mean... I, you know the big Ikea, like, sink spanning or or hang on the wall cutting board? Yeah, I got that one. (laughs) Oh, see? See? I can fucks with your house. Like, this will be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, admittedly, you know, the knife selection may not be as good as what you bring yourself. Um, that being said, there's a knife called uh, Equinox on the Amazon um, oh. that's like less than twenty bucks, and it's a good German chef's knife. Well, I no, I, I picked up I picked up a really surprisingly good chef's knife on uh, Brandless of all things. Um, but yes, we know, you know how hard you are for brandless. Well, no, I've I've been very good about not doing it. I was just surprised with the quality of the knife compared to some of the other things. But uh, the thing that drove me crazy when Liv was Liz was living here, and uh, she knows about this. So if she's Liz, if you're listening, we've already been through this. Um, is that Liz would just grab a knife off the the knife rack to cut her sandwich, or uh-huh. to like to, the bread knife, or well the. There, the bread knife, the um, uh, the skinning knife I use uh, for um, processing deer. Um, the boner, the, the cheese knife. 
Um, um on one memorable occasion. Uh, yeah. Wait, what about the boner? Um, well, no, I, I Sorry, mean the boning knife. The deboning Sorry. knife. Well, uh, I I have a series of paring knives that I keep sharp for deboning work. Uh, depending on the type of thing I'm deboning, uh, the hunting knife is specifically uh, one designed for being in the field and cutting up a carcass. Sorry, vegans in in the audience. Oh, so it's like um, one of those uh, serrated ones with with a gut hook. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Why the fuck else would you use anything else? Right. Yeah. You know, and you just take it and you you t- put that on on like a knee and you kind of spin it around with the hook and it just parts the 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 pelt so that you can just peel it right off and uh, anyone who is um is uh, disturbed by this i'm really sorry but this is the reality of 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 how it works right um but yeah no i'm like why why is my why is my deer carving knife my 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 you know deer processing like in the in the sink right and i realized it had mayo on it and it had been used to make a sandwich and wait what yeah and i didn't realize how how weird I was about it until I saw that. I'm like, does she know she's using the wrong knife for that? Um, does she know that this one had been in the asshole of a deer? No, it hadn't been in the asshole. Um, it had been, it had been very close to the bladder. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, no, no, it had been washed and sterilized and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not going to just take the, you know, it's like, no, no, I'm not implying that you're yeah, yeah. having deer asshole in your meal. No, no. And I mean, you know, I've, I've got the, there are other parts that require Sawzall. And so, you know, that blade gets replaced. The Sawzall gets, gets cleaned off after. Yeah. yeah. But, um, butchery is, is an interesting process, especially if you've never done it before. Um, but the, but the whole thing was, I didn't realize how funny I was about ni- the knives like that until, um, we had someone in the house who was also cooking and doing these things and, um, you know, uh, didn't know that I had a funny thing about knives, which I didn't either. And again, Liz, I'm sorry. I, I, I do forgive you. You don't need, if you're listening, I'm sure you're listening to this one. Yes. Kevin, 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 it's not a funny thing about knives when you're hoping and praying that the thing that you use to gut something is not used to cut a sandwich. I'm, 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 listen, it's, I'm it's, validating it's, your emotions and validating your experience. And that's all I'm saying. And I, I will admit I have, I have one of the sharpening things and I am, I'm certainly constantly sharpening that as I'm, as I'm working with it. So that I as don't have, do. yeah, because if you have a dull blade, you're going to cut yourself. Oh, oh, trust. And if you drop a blade, just jump back. Yeah. Don't, don't try to catch it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. So we've, we've figured... gone off the rails <laughs> again, <so far. laughs> but I think that that gives us both sort of an understanding of, of, of our thought processes, both of the systems and habits. And at least yeah. we can skip the, the sad question about failure and missing a goal. Cause we already know the answer to that one. And, um, Oh, I, I beat myself up. That's yeah, what happens, yeah. actually. In reality, what happens when I fuck up is that I hate myself for, like, a hot minute. And what I need at that moment is um, just one person to validate my feelings and say, like, listen, it sucks that you're going through this, but, like, you did your best or you, you fucking dropped the ball. That doesn't make you a bad person. Right. And it, it takes you know a while I mean? to learn that. It takes a while to learn that. 
so like in 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 both directions i've gotten that from my boss where this is the first time in my life that i've actually felt like happy to go to work because i have a boss who's exactly the type of boss that i need because i've had bosses before um who would take failure as a moral failing if you know what i mean oh yeah no 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 that's that the the how do we call what as as a cishet white man um Mm -hmm. this is the protestant work ethic at effort you 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 have you have made a mistake you have failed therefore uh you are not a good person right and that Mm -hmm. you have failed a company um and that capitalism is gonna break down if you don't do your job right again and it's like and there's so much like when i was working for um one of my previous bosses i don't want to name them but it is what it is yeah no that's fine that's fine um every time failure happened he would go into this like really nasty shouty situation oh yeah i've met those guys yeah he would make me feel like absolute garbage like it got to the point where he would nickname a fuck up as a doing a Dino. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, an asshole basically. Yeah, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And I, at that at that time in my life, um, I was supporting someone else, and mm-hmm. I didn't have an option to leave immediately. Right. So, like, I was quietly sending out my resume and trying to find somebody who's not an asshole, and that's when I found the artist who hired me on. And right. I'm so grateful for that artist, and he's such a sweetheart. Um, and when the artist would see me fuck up, he would be baffled. Like, and, and, he'd be yeah. so surprised. Because he was like, you're so competent, you're so... On your, and and like, can you imagine the difference in feedback from the one to that one? Oh no, it, it's it's a whiplash. Yeah, you, yeah, you would be completely lost. It would take you a while to adjust. He basically told me that I was literally his left hand, and he's left-handed like I am. Uh, so he was like, I. I, I never met someone as competent at you as you, as caring as you, as as loving as you are, and who handles my shit to the point where, you know, like, and going from your literal garbage into, you know, you made a mistake, and let's try to figure out how to fix this, was, was, it was life-changing you know what i mean yeah yeah, no absolutely absolutely um and then from that artist who was the best one of the best bosses that i've ever had Mm -hmm. went to my current boss who's even better right he's he gets frustrated when i fuck up something that he's you know already told me about right um and fair enough but He's never raised his voice above a three. Ever. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's great, man. Like, he'll do the smack upside the head, not hard, like, it's not like he's beating me. He's just like, Jesus Christ, you know, you know better than this. <laughs> much like, more, much I, more of the paternal thing than... Yeah. Yeah. 
and he's three years younger than me, and but he's <laughs> such a sweetheart, and he's like, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not mad at you. It's just like you know better, Dino. Like you can do better than this, yeah. and and that's that's fine. And what that does is it motivates me to um, be better, right? When yeah. when someone is so gentle and they give you so much feedback about when you're fucking up and when you're doing right, mm-hmm. uh, because he also does the converse. He he tells me when I do good. He's like, I'm so proud of you, Dino. You managed to pull this off. This is awesome. Good on you. I'll take you out for drinks. Let's hang out. You know what I mean? Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was so, the thing about working with Gene, my, uh, who I interviewed last year, uh, Gene Yacobi, um, who lived in Jersey City, I might add. Um, yeah. That was that um, I one of the, the great things about working for Gene, and he's like 10 years younger than I am, um, was that he was really big on that back and forth. And he would be like, dude, you're fucking up. Right. He, right. he, he wouldn't dance around it. He'd just be like, dude, you're fucking up. Get your shit together. Or, dude, that was fucking awesome. Right. Yeah. So and and having that and because he's from Jersey and because we're both on the East Coast, we could say those things in our one on ones. But we couldn't in the rest of it because it was a West Coast company. And, and if I say you're fucking up to someone on the West Coast company, they're like, we're going to have to have a talk about that. Um, right. But it, the upshot is, though, we, we had we were able to build that rapport really quickly. And it sounds like you've, you've been able to do that with your current boss as well and that he's fostering that, which is fantastic. Yeah. I, I love it when I have a manager like that. And I think I've only had um, like two or three and that's counting Gene. Right. It, this has happened exactly. Yeah. Twice. One was the artist and one is this guy. And yeah. when you have somebody who supports you in that manner, it's like, it's, then you get excited to go to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now you understand why I'm so extra about, like, he deserves to have information given to him within three to five seconds after asking for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, does he have a brother that works in IT? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like all I'm saying is it's like it doesn't take a lot to build a huge amount of loyalty from your mm-hmm. from your workers. Oh, yeah. No. And, like, as... I'm one of those people who cares a lot. To give you an example, um, every boss that I've had before and even this one um, tends to like to use the things that I use. Mm-hmm. So at the restaurant, uh, my boss there preferred to drink from my jug of water rather than his own. I would possibly cut someone, but okay. I know, <laughs> but like it was fine. Like he hadn't had sex in like 20 years, so it was whatever. It was right. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, uh, with, with the artist, uh, he preferred to look at, you know, the reports that are generated for him on my computer screen rather than his, even right. though it was the same size MacBook. Uh, right. Well, because you're going to steer and that way you're not touching his stuff. Right. And <laughs> no, he gave me access to his passwords for all the things. Oh, I see. So it wasn't about that. Right. It was just he liked to use my thing. And my <laughs> boss now likes to use my garbage can. We have two garbage cans in my office, mm-hmm. and he always puts his garbage in mine. <laughs> and I'm not mad at it. It's mm-hmm. just like, 
there's this weird sense of like intimacy that develops mm-hmm. between people. <laughs> well, yeah, it, when you're when you're working that closely together. I mean, when I worked in the uh, my very first second, I guess uh, first company, but second job in tech, I was doing technical support. And there's when you know, I, I there were two of us to an office, there were three of us to an office, and then we moved like the entire department, which was like eight or ten people, into a single room and. You know, we had our dividers and, and, but there are little things, a camaraderie that builds when you're working that closely together. Um, yes. whether or not you're using each other's trash cans, I mean, I probably, if somebody had just like constantly had an empty trash can and would like walk by and just throw stuff in mine all the time, I might be like, dude, what the hell? But it, it, but this is a two person office. And right. Exactly. My trash can is closer to the door and he constantly, but yeah. like this is much like um, my tech support job in, in in the university where um, I don't stand on protocol to give you an idea. Right. So when I started that job um, supporting the 100 computers in my computer lab and supporting the 20 uh, mid-40s ladies uh, that were staff, <laughs> they were in charge of all the online content for the university. Oof. If their shit went down, the university lost millions. Yeah. So there was no choice of, you know, it can wait, right? Right. Right. So before I got into that position, um, they would have to send an email uh, about the problem to the tech, right? The tech then had 24 hours to respond. Oh, no, 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 no. And the previous tech would take... 24 hours to respond right and say um please schedule yourself in my appointments through xyz then they would have to find an open slot to schedule the appointment right and that that would be like two three days after you know why this is bullshit kevin uh because when you're when you're dealing with a support situation like that it you're you're in a customer service position. This is not yep. giving your customer the best service. Also, his calendar was not that busy. He just blocked out time for reasons. Right. right. He just blocked out time. There was nothing else to do. He just blocked out time. Right. He was being an asshole. Right. So when I got into that position, I was like, listen, I know you. we, we have protocols. We have to have a paper trail. Right. So I was like, I'm two feet away from your office. Just come to my desk. Tell me what's wrong. I'll come over to your computer. I'll fix it. Then send me the email saying it's broken. Then I'll send you a reply saying, let's schedule this. Then you send (laughs) me the reply saying it's scheduled. Then I'll send you the reply saying it's fixed. Then you confirm. And guess what happened? Things got done faster and everybody was happier. Yep. Yep. Everything got done within like five to ten minutes of asking for it. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I've, I've reached the point where it's like, yes, here, let me, let me enter the ticket for you and make sure all the f- fields are filled out properly uh, while I've got you on the phone and you're asking me this, these things, and then, uh, and we'll get you the fix so that we can, you know, so that if you didn't open a ticket or if you're required to open a ticket or whatever, that we can make it happen. And I've, I've carried a lot of that sort of service through uh, to multiple jobs because sometimes when, when. When the world is on fire, when shit's broken, yeah, you you don't have 
necessarily time to fire to to follow all of the protocols in in exact detail you need the audit trail and there's a process but you can't be like yes the customer is down and we're literally losing money but i can't do anything until you open a ticket right, right. but the tps reports can fucking wait right i mean we can fill those and, out and and we'll get it done but let's let's put the fire out and then let's let's go through all the all the stuff about there was a fire and I put it out. Right. And on top of that, what I would do every morning is I would have coffee with the uh, director of the of the department and we would talk just like yeah. what whatever bullshit is happening in our lives. We would just talk about it. Mm -hmm. And in that 30 minutes that, you know, I would make coffee for her and, you know, pour her cup and put the creamer and sugar and whatever. Um, I didn't need to do that, but it was like a way to show I love you. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's, I it's, cook. It's, it's a, it's a, a sign of, of respect or, uh, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> in my case, it was literally a sign of love where right. she understood how much I loved her because mm -hmm. whenever I asked for something, she would order it. Oh yeah. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, I know exactly. So here's someone who supports me 110%. So every morning, I would make coffee and the two of us would talk for like 30 minutes. And during that 30 minutes, it would be about life and family and whatever. But she would also tell me what's fucked up happening with her department. Right. And what's fucked up happening with her computer. And now you've got an opportunity to fix it. Yep. And I would say, okay, let me look under the hood real quick. Uh, you switch seats with me. You drink your coffee. I'm going to look at your computer right quick and mm -hmm. we're going to fix it. And what would happen after that is I would go to every staff that was under her and do the same thing. Right. And they were very chatty because they were mid 40s, you know, white mm -hmm. women who were bored and, you know, had an exciting job, but like wanted someone to listen to their problems. Hey, I've uh, this is how reports are built. Yeah, and yeah. so I'd be like, all right, while I'm talking to you, let me just look under the hood right quick and make sure there's nothing wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. So their maintenance tasks got run every day because I was there physically every single day. Right. And they they and this provides they they as yeah. as customers, they feel the love. They get the service they need and it streamlines the process because you're taking and you know, Any time that I asked for something that was expensive or whatever, mm -hmm. I would have the entire backing of this huge department that was pissed off that somebody is questioning me. They're like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> why, why, wait, wait, why did you piss off Dino? Because if you pissed off Dino, you're the fucked up person. Right. P.S. He needs to get uh, one gig of RAM back in 2004. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So the the computers in my computer lab back in those days were 256. Oh, megabytes. God. Yeah, I remember those. And they were working too slow. So I requested a one gig upgrade for all the computers. Right. Through Crucial. Oh, yeah. And my boss was like, it's not necessary. You'll be fine. <laughs> and there's an entire so department now going, hey, could, no. Yeah. So the next morning when I talked to the director, I was like, hi, this needs to be fixed like yesterday. And she was like, I'm going to make a phone call to the vice president of the university <laughs> and you're going to get your fucking memory. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love shit like that. It was like when um, the head of uh, telecom came into my computer lab and didn't know how to work a Word document. Oh, Lord. Um, it was a flyer for uh, that Daughters of the Confederacy or whatever. I'm so sorry, but okay. Anyway, I didn't know what it was, but it was ugly. And mm. she was like, can you make this look nicer for me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you. And so I made it look nicer and I printed off a couple of hundred flyers for her. And she was like, oh, thank you so much. I really love you. Thank you, whatever. Right. And um, my phone was shitty and I hated it. And she was like, anytime you need something telecom related, you you let me know. Let me know. She was like, yeah. don't tell your boss. Just tell me. <laughs> so I moseyed into her office and I was like, listen, um, this phone is not great and I have caller ID and I'm not impressed. And she was like, I'm going to get you what you want. So she got me a phone with like a four line caller ID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the nice, good, high end, like, yep. The one you, you want for if you're doing reactive customer service, let's be honest. Yep. Right. And she gave it to me, like, and, and the thing is, is that, like, I got a brand new computer because I asked, because I was providing good customer service. Like, the director was like, uh, he can't support our computers with a shitty computer, so I need you to get him a brand new one. And also, we need to get him a real computer here, yeah. Yeah, and the telecom department was like, uh, why does he have a shitty phone? Uh, he's my friend. No, fix this shit. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's how often uh, it's it's the personal connections that that allow for good customer service and and uh, especially in a, in a hands on or a face to face situation being an ass or trying to distance yourself from it is possibly the w worst thing you can do because um, you're going to miss out on all these 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 interactions and not because it will benefit you. But I mean, it it will, but it, it actually makes your job easier if yes. you have that rapport out the gate. I told you about the ten four issue, right? Uh, yes, I think so. Yes, you, you remember the story. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite trucker was uh, confirming an uh, an appointment. No, I think we missed this one. I mean, it's been okay. it's been two and a half hours. There's there's been a lot of content. I'm still processing here. <laughs> there was a, my favorite trucker in Los Angeles mm -hmm. was uh, confirming a load to move from the port to uh, customer, and uh, my boss was in copy, and uh, I told him, "Can we please confirm that this is happening at 10 a.m.?" and and the two of us had been talking on the phone and text message and WhatsApp and whatever, right? Right. And uh, he said, uh, 10 for a good buddy. And my boss <laughs> was like flipping out. He was like, no, it's not from 10 to 4. It's 7 a.m. What the Christ are you talking about? And I had to explain to my boss, 10 for is trucker slang for, you know, confirm. There's a, there's a whole series boss, of 10 codes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But the trucker never responded to that whole email because he was like, okay, Tino's got this because yeah. the boss seems really upset about this. <laughs> Actually, what he was thinking is, your boss is an idiot. 
<laughs> no, no, it's it was, there was a language barrier because my okay. boss's uh, first language is Hindi, um, ah. and so like his second language is English. And and he didn't grow up. Uh, I know I did anyway with um, like the whole seventy CB craze. No, so, no, he yeah. grew up in in some dink town in northern India. Yeah. Where you're not I'm surprised they know planes. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and so smoking the bandit, which is where I started to learn all of it, is is uh, you know, is foreign, completely foreign. Uh, literally foreign. <laughs> it's fucking foreign as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we've so do we do the reward question? We haven't done the reward question. That was just what I was about to say is the only thing we've got left is how do you celebrate your success if you celebrate success? To be honest, um, and it sounds pithy and like very like um, eat, pray, love and like fucking Oprah and the rest of it. Yeah. A lot of times a job well done is its own reward. Okay. No, that's that's what I mean. I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, there are times when I would uh, my last job, I was I rewrote our entire automation infrastructure for deployments, right? Uh, for for managing systems and wait, what? Oh uh, yeah, no, we had uh, we had uh, uh, Ansible scripts, right? I it's a it's a language that's made to go onto a machine and configure it for you. Right? Uh, and, and you had to rewrite the code for that. I had to rewrite all of our scripts from the ground up. Because one of the prior, uh, yeah, it happens. Um, you seem real casual about this, Kevin. This is this is what happens. All right, you, you, no, you, this is not what happens. This is freaky. No, well, okay. So the the guy who wrote the original scripts left the company. When he left the company, he deleted his home directory. In his home directory was the encryption key to use all of the secrets that were stored in the Ansible vault, which is the the secret store, right? So basically, I had this framework and all this stuff that had been working, but I couldn't do a damn thing with it because all the important information was encrypted and we couldn't decrypt. Fine. This is not my first rodeo. This is not. So the f- was the guy bitter and he didn't want to release I, his shit? I have no idea. It's been two years. It, it had been two years before I got there, right? So it was like three sysadmins prior, and I'm like, okay, there's some good stuff in here that I could probably salvage, but I can't. I I I can't adapt this. I basically have to start over from the ground up to rebuild it and rebuild it better. This is something that I've had to do. Like uh, on one job, I. They're, um, they wanted to move from, I think it was uh, a technology called CF Engine to uh, Puppet, which was the new hotness at the time. Another, mm. uh, you know, language for configuring machines. And so, yeah, no, that, that means everything that was done over there is crap. We have to start over and build it from the ground up again, right? And, uh, the, not this last job, the, the job minus one, I guess, job minus two, I don't know. The one I was at for seven years, when I got there, they didn't have any of that. It was all sort of, yes, we're going to stand up a new server and we're going to configure it by hand just so. And I'm like, oh no, that now we've got like the, the one that was done a year ago is very different from the one that we just deployed because methods have changed and never went back and fixed it. So I'm going to just write from the ground up, you know, uh, puppet, all the puppet language stuff to be able to, bring them all into run the same way. This is what I do as part of, you know, this is what I do is, is, you know, try to cookie cutter out these things. And if it's, if, if the old one Wait, isn't so working, how do you keep all that in track? Because that sounds even worse than mine. Well, uh, you do it in chunks. 
right? So the the first one I typically do because it's really important is I'll write uh, the the script lines to make sure everybody's clock is kept in sync, right? Uh, okay. Right. And then once that's done and that's working, hey, great. I can feel good about that one. Now I'll, uh, I'll go uh, on to the next one. And, um, usually I'll go with, uh, user groups, right? Cause they're Unix machines. Okay. They're Linux machines. So they all need to have the same groups with the same ID numbers, right? I'll write that one. When that one's done, then I start working. I, I do the user bit to make sure that all the right users are in the right places on all the machines. And it just builds so that by the time I'm done, you know, uh, in, in the case of this last one, you know, when I'm, what I'm doing eight months later is I'm like, I've already got all these modules in place for reading the password from one file and taking secrets out of here. And, you know, I've, I've built all of this up to the point where I'm like, yeah, now I'm going to put in a thing that deploys a monitoring tool that needs to read a password so it connect to my SQL and monitor my SQL. But I've got all the pieces in place and I've been building, just doing little tasks repetitively over the course of, I think that was like, you know, uh, six months into the last job. Yeah, that sounds you know? right. Yeah, and but uh, by doing it in little chunks and and building, I'm getting like a constant feeling of success. Um, now, if I fuck up and I break things, that's a problem. Um, and I am a fail fast and fix person, right? Which means okay. if I fuck it up, I'm going to fix it right now or as soon as we discover it's fucked up. Um, and then I'm going to go back and figure out why it didn't work. Right. Right. And make sure it's not going to happen again. And yeah, it, it, when I say it like, oh yeah, I rewrote all of our Ansible scripts for managing systems. It sounds like this huge thing, but I, I took it off in little chunks. I was eating the elephant. It's kind of like how I did my UPS spreadsheet. Right. I, I didn't tell you about this, did I? No, you didn't tell me about the, but I can see how you might start with, oh, well, I need to track these shipments and then I need to track this. And no, then I need to call no. them for so the UPS yeah. spreadsheet was for the sync guy right right so there's your base rate okay okay then yep. there's your discount okay then there's your um discount based on weight right um and so from one to 20 pounds uh off of your base rate uh you get an extra five percent then 20 to 30 pounds is an extra six percent and then on and on and on right 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 then there's the residential rate, okay. which is the surcharge. Right. Then there's the fuel surcharge. Uh, okay, yeah. No, I'm with you. Okay. So now all these uh, discounts apply to every single one of those. And so I can see we're building a spreadsheet where you just have to like punch in a couple places and have it calculate the rest out is just... We had like... 100 SKUs. Okay. So I had to get the dimensions of each of the SKUs, mm -hmm. and then I had to get the physical weight of each of the SKUs. Right. Then I had to figure out the base discount. Then I had to figure out what's the percentage discount. Then I had to do if-then-else on the oh, yeah. goddamn Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. um, this is why I live and die by Excel. Uh, people don't understand, I think, in a lot of cases, how powerful the macro language inside of Excel is. And so yeah. when I had to quit that job, here's the thing I want to tell people. If you're trying to get a job and you're trying to you know, send out your resume, let me know. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I have been responsible for hiring my replacement for every job for the past, <laughs> I don't know how long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. 
Yeah. So I know what to look for in a resume. So when you tell me you're an Excel expert, guess what I'm going to do? Hey, you're going to you, you're going to have a practical exam. Yep. And guess what happens every time? Um, I'm going to guess based on what I've seen from recruiters and things like that is it doesn't happen. Yep. They show, so here was my exam, right? Right. I was like, here's the 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 purchase order. Okay. The purchase order that I give to the uh, manufacturing plant. Right. This is what I expect of them. Then they send me a a pro forma invoice where it's like, okay, we're confirming your purchase order and we're going to do the same amount of shit for it. Right. Right. Then um, I have the shipping documents that confirm that it's the same shit. Okay. I'm with you so far. Then I have the receiving documents at the warehouse. Okay. They don't always match. That's a problem. Even though the manufacturer said that they they sent out X amount of stuff, that doesn't always happen. Right. You 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 remember how I said people lie. Right. Right, right, right. People right, right. lie big time. And when you have to put down a 30% deposit, they really lie. Oh yeah. They want that money. So um <laughs> Then I need to compare the purchase order to the performa invoice, to the packing list, which they swore up and down is accurate, to the receiving list. And so the interview question is, how would you do this? No, I told them how to do it. Right. Okay. Here's how we do it. And then I was like, we put down X amount of dollars as a deposit because we have to put down 30% to 40% as a deposit. Right. And when it's uh, durable goods like sinks and things like that, it's anywhere between 50 and 75%. Right. So I've got my all my paperwork that says it's XYZ. And you've got the receiving paperwork from the warehouse that says this. I'm going to need you to tell me what happened along the way. Not, Not how it got fucked up, but like Here's what we received. Here's what we got invoiced mm-hmm. for. And uh, here's how much we overpaid for the deposit. Right. Just do that. That's a simple, simple task. And I told them, I've already done this. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm not asking you to do free labor. Like, I've already done this. I just yeah. need to know that you understand the process. Right. And I would say, okay, go ahead and use this computer that has Excel and everything else on it. And Wi-Fi, so you can Google anything, but I wouldn't tell you Google anything. I would just say, like, and it has Wi-Fi. So once you're done, hit print. Okay. I'm going to give you 45 minutes to sort this out. Which is a generous amount of time, yeah. Pardon? (laughs) Which is a generous amount of time. Yeah, and I literally gave them every piece of paperwork from start to finish, right? Right, right. So it's not like this is complicated. It's just you have to have that brain that can sort out large quantities of data and use Excel to do this minus that is equal to that. All the numbers were there. Right, 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 right. right. Guess what happened? They didn't come up with the right numbers most of I'm an Excel expert would be on the resume. Right. And those were the only ones who I would interview. Yeah. They and, would do it by hand and oh, type it in. 
Yeah, no. And 45 minutes is not enough time to do that. No. Um, it's not. Well, and, and well, it's funny because I, I posted to Twitter today a, a screenshot from a, a job listing I saw, which was Linux admin required skills Windows admin. Right? Well, what? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, no, if you're if you want a Windows admin, ask for a Windows admin. If you want a Linux admin, don't tell me or if you, you want a Linux admin, don't then say, well, uh, what we really want is Windows. But we're using Linux admin because that's what's on your resume. Right. Uh, by the way, recruiters lie, too. Um, oh, it's that bad. It's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. We can, we can actually discuss that after the call. Cause yeah, again, we're in the weeds and I think we're probably edging up on a two and a half, three hour interview. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know it's okay because it's good. It's entertaining. I think that the people at home who are listening are either going to be bored out of their skulls or they're going to enjoy the hell out of this conversation because I know <laughs> I am enjoying the hell out of this conversation. Um, but you were saying that how do you celebrate your success? Um, the reward for a job well done is often just having done the job well. And I understand that, right? Because but I can... aside from that. Yeah, but aside from that. Retail therapy. Oh, dude. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, for a long time, um, I didn't have a job that paid me enough money to cover my expenses. Ooh. So my paycheck would come in and then the rent would hit and I would have maybe about... $200 to spend for the rest of the month. Yep. Uh, for me and my ex-husband. Yeah, oh yeah, no, I've I've been in similar situations, yeah. So food would be the last priority. Uh the cell phone bill, the electric, the you know what I mean? Yeah, cuz you the can internet. You can live off ramen. It's not a happy uh, place, but you can. I can't. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Because I cook. So what I would do is I would get things like um, the broccoli stems and the kale stems and things like that from work and cook it into something. Yeah. Okay. It was fucking grim. <clears throat> oh, no. Ursula Ursula said that they um, when uh, she and her ex-husband, when he was a uh, he was a, a short order cook and they he would get, you know, he would get uh the like the leftover ground beef yeah we can't just throw it yep. back in the freezer so he'd bring it home and they would you know they would have that or there would be you know leftover um uh you know the sliced ham or something you know so yeah. but and he was a cook so he'd bring it home and he would make it and it didn't suck right and it didn't suck but it yeah. was not very nutritionally fulfilling right. and the thing right. is is that um we're vegan and so like we need to keep an eye on certain things. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, nobody wants to admit it. They're all like, oh, we're fine. Everything's fine. Everything. But like at the end of the day, B12 is a thing. Oh, yeah. 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 And supplements cost money. Right. And, and protein is not a thing because most of the stuff that we eat has protein will be fine. We're not going to get like that, you know, bloaty African stomach thing where right. we're protein starved. It's It's just that... There are certain nutrients that aren't easily available that you've got to keep an eye on. And I w we were eating kale stems and broccoli stems and collard green stems um, and, you know, beans and rice. You know, like, it was rough. Right. And so now that I'm not in this horribly underpaid job, you know what I mean? Like... Mm -hmm. It's really hard to 
let myself have the basic necessities. Gotcha. I bought snow boots for the first time last year. Oh, wow. And yeah. I've been living in New York since 2007. So, yeah, no, that's not a happy place. That that's no. and, and even even sometimes a good pair of snow boots isn't enough. I I know because of the the pothole I stepped in that I didn't realize a pothole which was actually, you know, ankle deep in, in ice Wait, water. What? Oh yeah, no, this was this was uh 90 93. I was in Chinatown. I was walking from my office in Soho to the bank to deposit my check, and I stepped off the curb into what looked like a very shallow puddle and it was a pothole. And so yeah, no, uh, up to my up to my ankle in ice water. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, no, it was it was not fun, but you know, you get on you you uh I didn't get frostbite. Uh you know, kept moving, kept the blood flowing. It was not a pleasant experience and I never wanted I'm never doing that again. But uh, you know, even uh and I won't say that was a good pair of of like, you know, winter boots, but they didn't they weren't completely sucky either, but sometimes, you know, there's there's only so much you can do. Um, I had a pair of sneakers that had holes in them. Oh, no, no. That, Those that's... were my only shoes. Yeah, no, 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 no. So if anybody thinks that they want to go into the restaurant business, don't. I, you, you have to have a passion for it. I mean, not yeah, ev- not everybody's going to come out. Well, yeah, I was going to say, not everybody's going to come out Anthony Bourdain, right? May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. But yes. like at the end of the day, what's going to happen is that you're going to overwork yourself into an early grave and not have enough money to buy snow boots. Yeah, no, some I, friends of mine in Minneapolis just sold their restaurant after after spending, you know, over a decade, blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, it's successful. It's turning a profit, so it isn't... But, I mean, they built it from the ground up, and they were like, you know what, we just want to spend time with each other. Or having holidays. Yeah, exactly. That that was uh, I. I was reading the Facebook post about it earlier, and that yeah, that was one of the things. So like the, the holidays, or you know, we we want to be able to do these things, and you know, it's 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 been very difficult because we have to be at the restaurant, and, right? and they have to be there every day because mm-hmm. the thing is, is that it's not their business; it's your business, right? You know, yeah. And what ends up happening is that your you're tied to it like a fucking slave. I, you know, we have several local restaurants. Uh, we know the owners. And, you know, I think that the hardest day to get some of the local local food sometimes around here is Monday because that's the day everybody, uh, a lot of them take off because they've worked all weekend. Oh, you have restaurants that take off? Um, Some. Some do, some don't, you know. That doesn't uh, happen in New York. Well, no, not they really. They are open seven days a week. Um. Depends. I, I want to say the one there was there were at least a couple bagel shops that I couldn't get. Uh, I I I couldn't go to on Saturday mornings. The Shabbat. Yeah, but um, but yeah, no. But overall, Jewish. Like yeah. that's different. Yeah, but I mean, overall, no. You you want to go to the Thai place? The Thai place is open seven days a week until two in the morning. Uh, Kevin, there was a time when a hurricane was coming in. Um, I can't remember which one, Irma or Irene or whatever the fuck. Uh, it was. I think the last one that came through and hit up there with an eye was Isabella. Um, no, this was back in like uh, between 2007 and 2013. I can't remember the date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Point is, the Dominican uh, bodega downstairs was open. Oh yeah, throughout the hurricane. Oh yeah. 
and was making deliveries. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. know why I know? Because you were working there? No, because I called down for some beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for being that asshole, but they were open. No, I mean, when were I, literally next door. There was there was a um the the blizzard of uh um uh I want to say uh like January 96. It was up until recently the the most heavy the the highest snowfall in in Central Park in a single season. Um like yeah, no, like in Queens, the drifts were up to my waist, um, kind of thing. Um, and you're a tall boy. I'm not. I'm not short. And um, so you know, we're talking three foot drifts, maybe. You know, uh, if because I'm not hitting the bottom of them, it's just that's where I stop. Um, is you know the uh, the place across the street from my apartment. Um, for those of you who who know the area, the Alston uh, Ale House in Kew Gardens. Um, great oh, yeah. art. Great yeah, Irish yeah, pub, yeah, yeah, gorgeous. yeah. The apartment building across the street—that's where my ex and I had our apartment. You they were fancy, bitch. They were. Hey, it was it was rent controlled, man. Do not. It was rent controlled, and I got it in '94. So okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, you know, uh, the alehouse was was still going, right? Because because yeah. it's because they got to be open. Because uh, even even in that snow, the regulars are trudging in, and you got to make the money, and you got to make the money. Right. Um, and that's so, why I'm telling people, like, don't go for jobs that force you to do that kind of shit. There is you can if you have the option. Yeah, I was going to say, if if you're passionate about something and you're young and you have the ability to do it, like when I was I, I think uh, I moved up to New York, um, uh, me and my ex uh, for a job that was going to pay me twenty five thousand a year initially. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's 90, 90, um, like I said, 94, um, she got a job. Oh, that wasn't, that was actually pretty respectable. Yeah, well, but by the end of it, you know, as, uh, as dinks, double income, no kids, right? Um, I had doubled in the two years, my salary had basically doubled. Okay. Right? Because business was good for what we were doing. Um, and I would, I'm, I, I, this sounds a little braggy, but I'm good at what I do. Um, so how, how do you deal with that, Kevin? Um, what because do you mean? I'm still struggling with that. It it's 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 taken a long time, right? My last job. Like I'm good at what I do, and I don't want to be braggy, but like I am really good at what I do. I I I think um, I had to be torn down first. I did. Um, I was pretty good at what I do. Uh, when I was a sales engineer, I, I made myself crazy because I was trying to keep up with, you know, the, the whole sales cycle. I was a sales engineer, so I was uh, responsible for a team of sales reps and politics got in the way. And I'm not a political player. Right. And but, also, you don't want to do sales. Well, uh, at least I didn't have to do the cold calls or anything like that. It was much more of a, hey, can you help explain or can you assist a, a, a customer with a thing? Or, you know, it was it was much more of I am I am support for the sales calls. But. Um, politics, they, uh, I'm really good technically. I wasn't at the level of sales that perhaps the sales managers wanted. And so they arranged, um, to have me fired. Right. Um, oh, fuck. yeah. One of the, one of those situations where, you know, um, they hand you the, the improvement plan and the improvement plan doesn't actually have something that says, here's what you can improve on to, 
maintain your job. And my poor manager was like, yeah, no, um, apparently what you have to do is you have to make them like you. Uh, ew. Right? Uh, and, and so it was all politics. And I understand that. And I busted my ass. I busted my ass. And my manager was saying, hey, look, the reports I'm getting, you're doing great. All that stuff. I'll be up in a little bit, dear. Yeah, I know. You know, I yelled at my boss for... She's, um... she's, she's showing me that it's been almost three hours, I'm aware. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, no, the, the the end result was, though, I got fired, right? Because the the whole plan was to fire me, right? Yeah, and it did... felt like they already had that in their brain. Right, they, like, I got a, a uh, an AIM message from one of my former coworkers, like, the next day saying, yeah, your replacement starts on Monday and he's going into Linux 101. And I'm like, I see how this is. It had nothing to do with my technical performance. It had nothing to do with that. They just wanted that guy, right? But that destroyed me, right? That yeah, that tore me to pieces. And as part of the rebuilding that that went on, um, I got lucky. I got into a federal contract. Um, and one of the first, my first review came up, and it was across the board, like tops across the board. I'm like, what? Okay, oh. time out. What is this? Because at my last job, here are the things they were dinging me on, and I don't really think I've changed that much on that. And my manager looked at me, and she says, we don't care. You're technic- this is how good you are technically. We care how good you are technically and how your performance is. We don't care if you're grumpy, right? We don't care if you swear a little too much, right? right. What we care about is that you get the job done and you make the customers happy. Yeah, and, that, and you did. And that, that sunk in to... to to, to help me rebuild to a point where I understood that I am good at what I do and not be braggy about it because um, I, I can get proof if I really want to. I can demonstrate it. But that that gave me at least the the nugget started to build in, rebuild that esteem in me that says, no, you're not an idiot. You're not a fuck up. You're really good at what you do. It's just that wasn't the right environment for you. Right. And that's fair. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was a hard lesson. And, you know, I burned out. I'm on antidepressants now. Um, you know, it was a contributing factor. The, the crazy that I went through was a contributing factor, the ending of my marriage. Um, but there was other fundamental problems in there. I mean, it was, it was a contributing factor, but it wasn't a root cause kind of thing. Right. I mean, there's so much in that mess, yeah. but that whole time period was, I had to, I had to rebuild a lot. And, it's only now looking back 10 years later, 10, 15 years later, right? That I can go, you know, I'm good at what I do. And yeah. And all this stuff that was, that was going on, all of it was just this, this swirling mess. And I've had to rebuild all of that. So like going back to earlier when I said, Oh yeah, I, I, I rebuilt our entire Ansible structure um, in the space of about six months. Yeah. That's because I'm good at what I do. And rebuilding the ansible structure after something like that is nothing <laughs> right. It, right it's much like how i yeah. had to rebuild a filing structure yeah. and make sure that everything is perfect and yeah it, i feel like kevin i feel like you get me you know what i mean <laughs> like i feel <laughs> no no and i'm 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 hoping that the people who are listening who have born born with us for like two and a half three hours now are getting it as well. And I might even break this into two, two episodes. This is, this is just so much. Um, 
Oh, I'm sorry that it took so long. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine because it's this is the kind of conversation and and for people at home, I think this is the kind of conversation people want to hear because this is real stuff, man, right? right. This this is this is this is like a, a lesson for this is this is life lessons that um uh, that are are hard one and some people will will take walk away with it. Some people won't. Some people will learn from it. Some people will have to learn on their own and that's cool. We're just presenting all of this out here as yeah. as 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 something for 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 people to to you know get with, and it's and I'm having fun, which is why it's it's you know taking so long. I mean, when I talked a little at Saint Crow, uh, that one was a longer interview, not this long, um, and we still talked for like an hour afterwards because it it was that sort of a flow. Um, well, like at the end of the day, yeah, um, for me when you're talking about you're rewarding yourself, right? Right, 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 right. Um, right. Because I have so much care about my job, I like for me, a job well done is the best reward. But right. for most people, that's not how that works. Uh, some people no, I've I've had I've I've talked to people who who, you know, um the reward for more work is more work, and I'm actually okay with that because I know I've done a good job, right? Uh, well, but, but like, yeah. I don't get more work when I succeed. What happens is that I get less work because I've already sorted it out. Right, right. And whereas so, in my in my environment, you know, if I do an exceptionally good job, I'm going to get a harder task. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so for me, when I'm able to – because I told you – my goal in life is to make sure that my boss has information at his fingertips when he calls me and asks me what's going on yeah. uh, within three to five seconds. Like, that's my goal. Right, 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 right. And right. I always smash that goal because I do those things to backfill whatever. And what happens is that when I succeed at something, uh, my boss is so thrilled like he's so happy about it like right he's like dino you done good like this was awesome let's go out for drinks let's um hang out together let's cook together you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where this is why i love my job is because um yes a job well done is its own reward um and it is and it really is because for me, I'm not that person in the D&D campaign who's uh, the tank. Right. I'm the one who's organizing everything behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're the, um, in uh, fourth edition, it was um, the controller. You're the one who's saying, okay, we're going to move here and you're going to move there. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. Or like Sokka from uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like that's me. I don't have any special powers. I just know how to sort shit out. And 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 throw my throw my thing uh, when I need to. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it's like when Here's the thing. Um I come from a caste of priests, right? Okay. Um in Hinduism, uh you have these very clearly defined uh what's it called? Uh jobs. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's it's one of the it's 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 one of the things we when we look at it, we 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 think, you know, if someone is 
born into a specific cast, then that almost determines your fate in a lot of ways, right? If you're, it does. Yeah. Um, frankly, it's, it's, uh, it being born to the priest class, uh, uh, cast is, I guess, what the Indian equivalent of being born a straight white male. Yep. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I made that. Okay. <clears throat> no, anyway. no, it, it's exactly how it is. Like, yeah. I have all the privilege in India. So, like, if I even so much as drop my dad's last name, everything will be fine. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, where yeah. I, I, I understand that people of color have uh, challenges. Right. But I've had a lot of privilege. Mm-hmm. We were dirt poor. Um, my father made uh, $12,000 a year back in 1990, uh, sorry, 1986 when we moved to this country. Right, 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 right. So we, are, as a family, mm-hmm. had $12,000 a year from 1990 through, sorry, 1986 through 1993. Right, and this is this is the immigrant story right here, right? We were fucking dirt poor. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I got to have a lot of interaction with both my parents. Right. My parents are still married. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm of the priestly caste. So anything that I say or do or whatever is given a lot more importance than, you know. Yeah. Yeah, than than just uh, uh, some guy off the street. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'm a cis man. Okay, that one. I oh right, you're a cis man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm a fag, but like I'm <laughs> still a cis man. Right. And, and at the end of the day, I don't have to put up with a lot of the bullshit that my sister did. Right. You know what I mean? I, I'm. I'm. Yeah. No, I, I dig that, especially if. Um, Especially within a society that doesn't value uh, a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my sister's only value was her getting married and popping out a child. Oh, which is bullshit, right? We all know it's bullshit, but... So she did. Harsh. Okay. And now my parents are getting kind of extra about it, and they're like... um, why did she do all this? And it's like because you forced her to do it. Because because those are the yeah those are the things you 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 those are the expectations you laid. Yep. Yeah. And getting back to she didn't all want of that, to have a yeah. child. Yeah. But here's the nephew, and yeah. he's a sweetheart, and mm-hmm. I'm so happy he's alive. But at the end of the day, uh, her value was only right. seen as. Uh, a conduit for a baby, right? Period. Which, in its own way, haha, to bring it all the way back, is the is is a, I, and I'm trying to be careful about how I phrase that. Is don't be careful. Okay, in that case, yeah, is is the a sign of success in the traditional Indian culture, right? Yep. That even even if she's not happy, we don't care about the not happy. Yep. Because we have that we have that heir, we have that child. Yep. Yep. Um, also, it works the same way for men. Right. Where um, if you're gay, it's fine if you're gay as long as you breed a couple of children and raise them right and they're on their own. And then after that, you can do whatever you want. Right. 
religiously, that's actually on the books. See, and that's and 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 part of it, part of being satisfied with the job, well done, haha, rolling it back again. Um, yeah, is that you are able to you the success. Excuse me. The success conditions aren't being dictated to you by society. They aren't being. They're. They're being. They're a much more controlled thing. Like if I were oh, to ask your Kevin. sister. Well, hold on. If I were to you ask you, said your, that thing. Which thing did I say? That the success is not dictated by society because I've got so much to say about that. <laughs> All right. You're. 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 I believe you're right, okay? And I will try to be as succinct as I can with that, and, and that is that the culture that we're talking about, right, the Indian culture, whereas uh, defi- has a, a different societal definition of success than we would take as, um, in my case, you know, as, as sit ha- uh, a cishet white guy. Nope. Nope? Not the, no. 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 Oh, all right, I'm wrong. I'll admit to being wrong. Here's okay. The Here's the issue. Yeah. All right? According to my parents, mm-hmm. right? Right. I should be living in the lap of luxury. Right. Because I'm intelligent. Okay. Right? Um, I'm in Mensa. Um, I am intelligent. I mm-hmm. can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Right? Right. Right. So according to them, success is measured by how much money I make. Right. Okay. And that's not my, you know what I mean? That's, a, that's not your motivation, right? right? My motivation is not the money. Right. My motivation is my happiness. Right. And this has been the only reason that I've been distancing myself from my parents is that mm-hmm. they think that I'm capable of being a multi-billionaire. Whether that's true or not. Yeah. yeah, and my father thinks that I'm capable of being a multi-billionaire because he's into the nature cure, right? Right. Oh, and I see. Yeah, okay. Alternative. Yeah, no. I'm putting air quotes. I'm, I'm, I'm putting heavy air quotes. Yeah, I won't link to that one. Medicine. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So he thinks that if I join him in a scam, um, we're all going to become bil- billionaires. Uh, the the ultimate father son power duo, yeah, yeah, and also he thinks that he's a failure because he wasn't a billionaire. Because those are the parameters of success that have been imprinted in him. Yep, yep. And for me, my parameters of success is that he drove me to school and back, um, until I was twenty six. Right. All through college, too. Wow. Awesome. Every day. Yeah. Never complained. Just did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's, and that's, that's a whole different, that's a sign of success as a father. Yes. Not a sign of success as a human, um, because he still hates himself. Right. Right, because and he seems to think that uh, he has to compensate um, for the lack of money that we had growing up, um, and that unless he manages to provide us millions and millions of dollars, he's right. a failure. 
And unless he redefines that, he's going to be miserable. Yep. Yep. So I sent him a really long email mm. yelling at him about this. And I was like, here's the thing. You told me that we can be successful um, with regards to whatever. And I think I am successful. Yeah. I have friends who love me enough that they'll pay for my trip to come see them. I'm booked like six months in advance. Yeah. To me, that's success. Yeah. I don't know where you get your idea of success because you're a priest. Mm -hmm. I, you should not be chasing money the way you are. Right. Um, <laughs> and this is fucking not cute. And his response was, I am so sorry for what I did. And like, th this is where we are right now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, because. If He's just learning himself. And I, I, that does prove, though, at least that learning is possible. And yes. it's about keeping those lines of communication open. Well, it's kind of like how when I got married. Right. He asked me how my summer was. Right. I said, I got married. Okay. He said, um, what's her name? Well, <laughs> his name is Steve. And then he was like, is that like a gay marriage? <laughs> um, you did not and go, said, well, duh. Um, no, no. And I said, that's what a gay marriage is. Yeah. There's two men getting married. And then he said, you know, I need to leave the room before I say something that we both regret. At least he was cognizant of it. And then, yeah. when my ex came down to Florida, right. he picked us up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's still my father. Well, yeah. It, regardless of what he feels about what I do or who I am or whatever, he's always going to be my mm -hmm. father. And and he, one of one of the things he he's slowly learning is that and, I, and I'm saying this as a third party, and you can tell me I'm completely off base, is that his maybe his definition of success is not success, right? Is, and is, that's what he realized. Yeah. Because he was not, he was not into that particular conversation. Right. But his response to it was, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I did this to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you know, when someone gives you a real apology, not a fake apology, what the fuck else are you supposed to do? It's, it's, uh, and that's the thing is, is, uh, it's, it's just. You're a father, Kevin. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You I, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, no. If your son came to you and said you fucked up in this exact way, like, what else can you do but say, okay, I'm human. I'm sorry that I did this. I, um, I was going to say. I ask for your forgiveness. I've, 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 I've already uh, gone to, um, uh, had to go to uh, my older son at least once and say, you know what? I fucked up here. And I'm very sorry. Man. You know? And... I, and it's not an easy thing to do, 
as a parent, as a father, because you're not supposed to, because again, society, um, but doing it is such a powerful act, I think, both um, uh, on the giving and the receiving, right? Like You know how long it took me to realize that my parents weren't superheroes? Um, I was like <laughs> 10 years old. Yeah. And my parents were late to something. Oh. Okay? Yeah, okay. And our family gets very extra about being late. Oh, yeah. So I asked my mom, just turn back time. It's fine. Okay. Right? Because she's my mom. She can do anything. She can do anything. And then she was like, that's not how that works. Right. Yeah. And that fucking killed me. Like, it was like, oh, you're not a superhero. And then what happened after that is that my mom and I have had a very close relationship where... um, Yeah, you were saying earlier, yeah. She would always tell me, I'll tell you later. And then she would actually tell me later. Ooh. So that telling me later was like, I'm not a god. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't stop time. I can't do these things that you think that I can do. Um, But that doesn't make me any less, you know, a champion on your side sort of thing. Yeah. But that was a very weird moment like understanding that my parents were not superheroes oh i was i was gonna say it 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 boils down to one of my favorite quotes from the crow um Mm. uh, the movie not the comic right because i don't remember if this one was in the comic i'll have to dig up my copy and double check but it's it's um there's the scene where the the one woman has been shooting up and he's he's basically squeezing the heroine back out of her veins and uh, because she's been disappointing, you know, because of her daughter. And he looks to say, mother is the word for God on the lips of children. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and in Hinduism, literally. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. All right, we have been all over the place now. And um, yeah, we're, we're almost at three and a half hours by my clock. Um, <laughs> so I, I, this has been an amazing conversation where can we find you online? Where can we buy your cookbook? Uh, it's on Amazon. It's called Alternative Vegan. Okay. I'm going to find that link. And on the Google, uh, it's uh, altveg, A-L-T-V-E-G dot blogspot dot com. Okay. I have not updated that thing in generations. Like, I, I had a podcast. It's still on the iTunes podcast situation, but, like, I haven't done right dick all to it <laughs> yeah you you uh i have a very regular regimented recording schedule so yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to do it right and the only reason we've cut back on kuec is because it takes us it takes us so long to recover from it now but like three hours talking to some asshole who you just met <laughs> you put on the uh, yeah, but um it's it that it's a different it's a different kind of three hours. It's not three hours yes. where I'm now going to have to spend the next six or eight going. Why did I eat this and why have I got a hangover? So, <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, um, anywhere else we might find you, or uh, are these the top two? The, those sorts of ones. Um, okay. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, you can send me an email um, a l t v e g at m e dot com. 
If you need advice, if you need whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. And at the end of the day, let's be honest, um, uh, this is a fucked up world. And I'm here to help out anybody who just needs someone to listen to them. Right on. So if you just need someone to listen to, uh, just send me an email and I'm happy to listen to you and let let you vent and rant and whatever at the end of the day i have called in on so many of my friends to do this for me and so i'm putting this out there to the rest of your listeners because they deserve that too and i'm I'm gonna put a plug in for um for one of my favorite bands um one of their more recent releases um uh bloodywood um, oh yeah, that was the band that you saw there at that concert, right? No, um, I haven't seen them live. They haven't left India yet. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but what they did was the they they took their Patreon proceeds um, for a recent video, and they said, "Okay, if you need mental help, if you need someone to talk to, we have prepaid for like fifty or sixty people." That sounds amazing to get an hour of counseling, right? Um, and I'm going to link to the video because it's it's also a very powerful video, um, and uh, and I, I just want to want to emphasize that you know it, there are if if you need someone to talk to out there, there are resources, there are people who are willing to help, there are people who volunteer out of the blue because they're just that but, kind of person, right? But fuck those people, I'm yeah. here too. So <laughs> when, you're, when your brain weasels decide that mm. it's better off this world without you in it uh mm-hmm. i'm gonna need you to stop and just reach out <laughs> there you go absolutely because um, here's the thing you'll get there and i'm here to hold your hand until you get there yep and i think the world needs more people holding each other's hands and that's what i will do i will <laughs> hold your hand as long as it takes until you can afford or find someone to help you who's closer to you because here's the thing is that poor people cannot afford mental health no they can't so you know what i i'm not certified in dick but <laughs> i'm happy to help out and, and i want to make sure that you're alive and that is that i think that is that is possibly one of the most human offers we've had on the show i'm 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 humbled that we, you would make that offer to the listeners um of course you know, so Dino, thank you. It has been absolutely amazing. Um, oh, thank you so much for inviting me on. Uh, yeah. When I when I offered myself as tribute, <laughs> I was wondering if you would want to get into all of this. <laughs> and um, you know what? It's it's been absolutely amazing, and uh, we should schedule another talk in a little while to see how things have changed. If they yeah, change, yeah, anytime. Yeah. All right. Um, And for those of you listening at home, uh, we'll be right back. And there you have it. The 
last piece of my interview with Dino Sarma. And Dino uh, has graciously offered, like I said, to uh, let me give away a cookbook. I'm excited about it. Uh, it's an ebook, mind you, but uh, it is a copy of his alternate vegan cookbook, which is also linked in the show notes for last week, and I'll link it again this week. But it was so awesome for him to do that. And so if you want that cookbook, if you want that that ebook cookbook, the the giveaway is, of course, obviously comment on this episode and say you want a copy of the cookbook. And I will talk to Dino to see how many names I'm going to be drawing out of a hat. And I'm looking forward to giving that away. And I'm going to give it away, I think, the second episode in January. So you have until roughly the 10th, the 10th, the 9th, the 9th of January, to comment on this episode, episode 74, and enter your name in the drawing for a copy of the cookbook. I wish it were a physical copy, but, you know, these things... Uh, are really difficult to arrange and ship and all that stuff. So there's that. The other thing we do is we give away open badges. And I've talked about this in the past. For those who are new and hearing about it for the first time, open badges are a standard that was uh, co-created with Mozilla that allows you to get an image that says, hey, I did a thing. And it has a little metadata in it to say, hey, they did this thing and here's what they did to do it. In this case, you just have to listen to this point in the episode and then go to productivityalchemy.com, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, and right now, still desktop, I haven't fixed the, the mobile issues yet, but scroll all the way to the bottom of the page and there should be a little enter your badge code here button or uh, entry box and just enter DINO2, D-I-N-O-T-W-O, and you will get the badge for this episode. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank, again, just heartfelt thanks to Dino for his amazing offer for the book giveaway for the, I was just counting the time for like the three and a half hours we spent doing just the interview. And that doesn't include the time that we spent talking uh, after or the emails we've been trading back and forth for like the last two months. So uh, Dino is amazing and I can't wait to have him back. And uh, so there's that. The other and final thing is, of course, if you wish to support this and all the podcasts we create here at Red Wombat Studio, you can go to patreon.com slash Ursula V and become a, a patron of her Patreon. It pays for the recording equipment. It pays for the hosting that is used for all of the podcasts, uh, both uh, or all of the podcasts. Yeah, this Hidden Almanac and KUEC. It uh, helps us to keep these things free, and I think that's really important. The other thing about it is, of course, you get free stuff. You get early access to all of her self-published works. So that book, Sword Heart, that just came out uh, from Ursula under the T. Kingfisher name about a week ago? Yeah, everybody on her, on her Patreon got it about a day, maybe two days early, which is awesome. And they're always there, and they're they're free once you sign up with her Patreon. So that's one way. The other way is you, you can buy me a coffee, uh, ko-fi.com slash k-s-o-n-n-e-y. And, you know, I live off coffee. Coffee is what keeps me going through the day. And, uh, you know, I'm always flattered when I get that notice that says, hey, someone bought you a coffee. It's, it's pretty awesome. So there's all that. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hopefully... 
the Wombat co-host will be back in about two weeks. I think she flies in next Wednesday, which is when we would be recording. So that, that makes it difficult for her to record. Um, and it's a letters show, so I'll really be missing out on her insight on that. But uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. And while you're out there, be productive. <laughs>